Hey, Bucks fans, make sure you go follow one of our sponsors, Split Ticks. Follow them on Twitter at S-P-L-I-T-T-I-K-S. So what is Split Ticks? Well, you're able to reserve sports, concert, and other event tickets with a small deposit and pay off the rest in a flexible payment plan before your event date. So make sure you take advantage of that. And because you're a listener of the All Things Bucks podcast, you're able to use promo code All Things Buccaneers. Use that promo code and you will get a 10% discount on your purchase. Hey, and remember, go Bucks. All right, Buccaneer fans, welcome to the All Things Bucks podcast. This is CJ at Corey J863. And Corey at Corey underscore Hayes 407. So we are recording this the day after the debacle in the Windy City. It was not a good game to watch, especially if you are a true fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was very disappointed in the team. I was very embarrassed at what happened on Sunday. And quite frankly, it was also comical at how it was handled during the game and after the game. But before we get into talking about the actual game and what happened, what we saw, what we observed, our thoughts and opinions on the game itself, Corey had a chance to actually go to the game and spend some time in the Windy City. So, Corey, give us some information about your experience going up there to Chicago, tailgating and everything. Let me start off by saying Windy City is, is a great city, a lot of things to do. I'd recommend going up there, not during a snowy season. This was the perfect time of year to go up there because the weather was perfect in the 60s. So it was perfect weather, 60s and 50s. So my experience, I got in Saturday afternoon, went went to my Airbnb that I was staying in for the weekend, hopped up. The college games were on, so I hopped up, went to a sports bar, watched those on Saturday. Went to bed about midnight, woke up Sunday morning about 7 o'clock, got out the Airbnb about 7.30, headed to the tailgate. When I say the tailgate was great, the tailgate was great. And you posted those pictures too. Yeah, posted the pictures all over. Buck Nasty was there, had some guys from Indiana, shout out to Keith, shout out to Rod, Rodzilla the Killer. It's a lot of fun. Um... Great atmosphere. I was surprised at how many Bucks fans were at the tailgate. We had we had the Bucks flags. We were repping out there. Of course, we were surrounded by Bears fans. Uh, from the tailgate, it took us on a bus down to Soldier Field. So the bus ride was electric. Bucks and Bears fans uh, exchanging chants. So much fun. And then we get in the stadium, and it's a different story. Soldier Field is a great stadium. The renovation they did were amazing. Reminds me of Raymond James Stadium a little bit because of the screens. The screens are so big. Um, But like you said, we'll get into the game. Uh, The experience in Soldier Field was great. The fans around me were were friendly. So the myth about the Bears fans being mean and everything, not true at all. Bears fans are actually very nice. They welcome in the opposing fans, especially with what happened yesterday. Of course, they're going to welcome us in. But uh, let's get into that. Let's get into that, CJ. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I uh, went to my, my cousin's barbershop to get get my hair lined up earlier this weekend. 
one of the other barbers in there. He's a Chicago Bear fan, so he didn't he didn't talk any noise. Um, he spoke softly, and and on Sunday the Bears carried the bit stick. They came with the stick with the beat down. And I thought we for sure had a chance in this game before the game even started. I was like, okay, we don't have to light up the scoreboard because their offense isn't prolific. They're not Matt, Mah- Matt Mahomes, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> They're not Jared Goff and the Rams. They're not Tom Brady. They don't have Aaron Rodgers on their roster. So we should have been least- Roethlisberger. They're not Ben Roethlisberger with AB, Le'Veon Bell, and those guys. They have Mitch Trubisky. I don't even know who their receivers are. All I know is 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 Taylor Gabriel because I heard his name so many times on Sunday. <laughs> so we should have helped them. At most, they should have only scored 21 points because sometimes things happen. And this should have been a game if we could have generated some type of offense we should have been in this game and had an opportunity to win. But that was not the case. So, Corey, open us up with what happened at the beginning oh, of that game live. Live in the stadium, that first drive. I'm sitting in the end zone watching it. They're going the other way, but I can st- still see what's going on. Um, they start out with the run game. Then they get into the... The read option, Mitch Trubisky gets our end to bite, runs it about 30 yards down. Um, Then that same drive, they opened with a touchdown. Trey Burden is wide open going down the sideline. He just throws it into the end zone, gives it to Trey Burden. I'm sitting there like, like, oh, this is how we're going to start already. This is not good. Fuck this. Um, That was was (laughs) was wheel route number one. That was the first wheel route. Yeah, he just ran a wheel route down the sideline. Justin Evans fell down. It seems to be a trend. I've seen it happen a few times. Justin Evans uh, falls down. He I does. think we need to get him some. We need to get him some new cleats or something because he falls down a lot. He definitely needs to get cleats. Um, that's a little bit longer in length, so he can get more grip on the ground. But the state, the the field in general, there's a lot of Buccaneers slipping. I don't know if the the field, um, crew. Um, informed our staff that, hey, you guys need to make sure you come with thicker cleats or longer cleats. But we had a couple plays early on where guys were slipping and falling. And I'm just like, okay, so we weren't prepared to play on this field today. Yeah, the weather the weather wasn't even bad. Um, it wasn't raining or anything, so it's not like it was slippery conditions with right. the field. It just might have been, oh, the players weren't ready to play on Soldier Field or something like that. Yeah, so it did get to rain later on in the game, um, but we'll touch on the full game. So go ahead, and what else you got? Yeah, so after that first drive, uh, okay, we're down 7-0. I was like, okay, so we can just come out. This is a tough task because this is one of the best, not or if the best defense in the league this year with Khalil Mack and the pressure they've been generating. I also have their defense on my fantasy team. So I know what the damage they can do because I've been watching them closely. But I, with our offense, the way we handled the Eagles, the way we came out uh, these last three weeks, I wasn't expecting whoever that quarterback to throw for 400 yards yesterday, but I was expecting to see some offensive production and to see some counters to the defense that they were going to send out there. 
But no, that's not what happened. Um, that first drive, I don't know if we even got a first down that first drive. I can't remember. All I know is they got the ball back, and they got the ball back and scored again. They looked like our offense was looking the first three weeks. Yeah, they uh, went down the field the first two drives and scored on us. That second drive was even worse than the first. Um, Allen Robinson got past MJ Stewart in the back of the end zone and caught that touchdown. I was like, oh boy, yeah, I'm in for a long day. And it truly ended up being a long day with the way that they went. Mitchell Trubisky looked like Brett Favre back there against our secondary. And it was absolutely horrible to watch in person. And that's the last thing you want to do against a team like the Chicago Bears. Because their pass rush is so devastating that once you get behind early, now the defensive line, the front seven, is just pinning their ears back and coming after the quarterback. Do you? They got you right where they want you in that exactly situation. Where, exactly where they want you because now the defense is definitely going to come after you because they already know they're ahead of you. You're in a predicament where you're going to have to pass the ball again, kind of like the Steelers game where we were in a predicament where we were down big. So the Bears definitely knew that, and they came with their pressure. Their, their star, and in my eyes, the current MVP of the NFL, Khalil Mack, was always in the backfield putting pressure on whoever was back there. Yeah. So I, I, I pulled up the, the play-by-play just so I can make sure I'm correct on what happened. So they came out, six plays, 75 yards, touchdown. We got the ball, three and out. Didn't even get any yards. We punted. They got the ball. Three and out. We're still in this game. Okay. All right. We're still in the game. Um, next series, we got one first down. Six plays, 14 yards. That's not good enough. And then after that, it was on. The route was on. Every time the Chicago Bears touched the ball after that, they scored touchdowns. Pretty much. Pretty much scored touchdowns every time after that. Um, in the first half, to be exact, second half was was a different story. They didn't really have to score in the second half because of what they did in the first half. Five touchdowns from Mitchell Trubisky in the first half. Six total touchdowns. He was looking like a true MVP out there against us. He was lighting it up. MVP. And it wasn't. He looked it wasn't like even, a Hall of Famer. It wasn't even Mitchell Trubisky that was looking like that. It was our secondary that looked like that. They looked absolutely horrible. They Broken coverages. They looked wide lost. open, man. They looked like a step slower on the field compared to the wide receivers of the Chicago Bears. And I mentioned this on Twitter. I don't care who was back there in the secondary yesterday. We could have had Deion Sanders. We could have had Derwin James. Everybody crying about we didn't draft Derwin James. And Villa just played for his first game of the year, including the preseason. Give the boy time to develop. Like, cut it. Like, just cut it. Like, it did not happen. And then we, we could have had... All pro, Rod Woodson on the other side. We could have had all-star secondary. But if they're running that coverage that they're running, these guys was wide open. 
every single play. Every time I saw Mitch Trubisky throw the ball, there was no defender within 10, 15 yards of the receiver. And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there shaking my head. The Bears fans around me are going crazy. I'm like, oh my, what is going on here? What what are you doing, Mike Smith? What are the players doing on the field? Nothing good came out of that except for Jason Pierre Paul got his fourth sack in the fourth game. So it looks like he's he's going to get 10 sacks for the first time in a long time for a Bucks player. So that's the only bright side that I saw from our defense yesterday. And uh, I was not happy at all. They did it right in front of me, but that's the only thing. That's the only thing I saw from our defense all day long. That was the only bright side. Of to the, actually, I, I, I'll take that back. I did see um, a couple plays from, from Vita Vea, and uh, he, he, he's, he's a strong man. I seen him put he back was, a couple. He was guards. bull rushing. He was bull rushing. Definitely, he and was once, bull rushing on some once plays. He, once he gets it down, I mean, you guys, this is his first live action in the NFL that he's had. So it's going to take time for him to 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 get it together. So be patient. But what I did see that strength that he used in college, oh, it was on display against Chicago. So I'm I, I'm 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 a little excited about that. And hopefully the coaching staff can put him in position to make plays. Because yesterday they didn't put nobody in position to make plays. JPP had to make his own play on the sack. And and it, it, was just, it was just hard to watch. So after the game started to get out of hand, which it started to get out of hand in, in the first early. half. Very early. Very early. Early. Early in the game. Then we get to the controversy that happened. And, Corey, you, you said this. You alluded to this on Twitter. I said it. I was like, this is a bad position to try to bring Jameis Winston in because pretty much the game's over. We're down five touchdowns to start the second half. Our franchise quarterback is coming in to replace Fitzpatrick, who I cannot put the blame on. I can say that he didn't have the very hot first half, but – I can't put the blame on him for that. So when they, um, I was talking about it all week before the game. I said I think Jameis will get some touches in the game, but I didn't think it was gonna come like that. So that I did have a problem with. I had a problem with the coaching staff and Dirk Cutter, especially putting him in a position where we're down 35 points coming out in the second half. Try to see if he can come out and do his comeback magic like he always does and. He he definitely came out and looked good, but I mean it's still a bad position to put your quote unquote franchise quarterback in, especially if he gets hurt or something. What what are you gonna do in that that position? Yeah, so. I, I wasn't worried about him getting hurt. Um, I mean at the end of the day, he got to get in the game at some point and play. I was more worried about because of the score and how the game went. Now it's just like he's going out there into a practice situation because there was no coming back. It, it literally would have took a miracle for us to come back in the second half of that game. It would have took like a, a Patriots versus Atlanta miracle where they came back in the Super Bowl. We would have need some turnovers and some crazy catches, and the Bears would have had to stop running the football and giving us opportunities to get back into the game, which the Bears were not going to do. Yeah, and we definitely were not forcing any turnovers that game. So like you alluded to, there was no way we were coming back. I mean, it felt good to see Jameis back out there on the field. He looked like he was getting into a rhythm as the game went on. He completed five out of his first six passes. 
yes, he threw two interceptions, one of which was not his fault the first drive that he was in the game. He, uh, The right side of our offensive line got absolutely bull rushed. Khalil Mack got a hand on the ball from behind, and uh, it ended up in Danny Trevathan's hands. So uh, we couldn't contain that that side of the line at all, and it was like embarrassing their defense compared to our defense yesterday was hand in hand a big time difference you have them up on high level and you can put us down there below zero because that was that was a horrible showing you said you have the bears defense on your fantasy team i bet they got you a bunch of points yesterday oh they get me points every week and and i appreciate them for helping my fantasy team go undefeated so far in fantasy football world, but I would rather have the Bucks win and be undefeated than my fantasy team win and be undefeated, and that's not the case right now. And also, Caleb Benenock, Benenock, Benedict, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, <laughs> Benedict sir. Benedict Arnold. <laughs> but your performance the past couple of weeks has reminded me of um, what's the guy named who was getting beat like he stole something in that Dallas game. Oh, uh, I, I can't even remember. That's Sher- how bad Sherless. it was. Sh- oh yeah, Gosder Cherilis. Yeah, Gosler. he got he got absolutely Bro. demolished in the Dallas game. He was the sole reason we could come back in the game because the guy was getting so much pressure. James couldn't do nothing. Yeah, and it that's was, exactly it, it happened what happened play. this game too. That's what happened this game. It looked like every single play, Benenock was getting pushed back into the and quarterback, this, and it happens every game at the worst time. He's not. He's either getting pushed back, he's getting a move put on him so bad that the guy, he's not even in the picture no more as the guy is rushing to the quarterback. I have to say that DeMar Dotson even had a bad game yesterday. I mean, both I, of them, both let, of them were well, getting uh, pushed well, back big time. In DeMar Dotson's defense, <laughs> he was going against Khalil Mack. I mean, you can say he's going against an all-pro defense end and linebacker, so yeah. But at the same time, you still have to be able to hold your own if you're trying to be if you're trying to be one of the top offensive linemen in the game and get paid like you are. Then you're gonna have to hold your own against the top defensive player in the game, and it showed that those two could not hold against the top defensive player in the game at all. They weren't even one o'clock ready. You know, the the saying is you're not primed, Tyree. They weren't one o'clock ready. They need to start playing at eight a.m. It need to be 8 a.m. ready because that that was that was abysmal. That was pathetic. I'd hated to see that. I was just like, mmm. I, yeah, I would just I would just one o'clock ready. Right, I was just over it at halftime. I was like, yeah, we're not coming back. But let me see what Jameis got when he gets in the game. I, I like what I saw from Jameis. Um, but you another thing I want to touch on. But you can also tell. The body language and the facial expression of the player. I know you were at the game, but from watching the the, the broadcast on TV, you could tell on the sideline. They just looked defeated on the sideline. It yeah, was bad. Uh, in the stadium, in the stadium, you really can't see that as you're focusing on the game more than the camera angle that shows the players on the sideline. I was sitting in the end zone, so I had a clear shot of our sideline. But I wasn't really paying attention to them due to watching what was going on on the field. 
My dad said that he saw Buckner getting into it with a bunch of players on the sideline, um, specifically Vinny Curry. I guess something went down between the two of them. I'd understand it because Vinny Curry yesterday looked like he didn't know what a football game was. He was out there looking clueless, and I was like, this this is not the player that we signed in the offseason. We mentioned JPP earlier. JPP was the player that we, we thought we were going to get. Vinny Curry, we thought we were going to get the same guy that was in Philly. He doesn't look like it right now. We need we need this bye week right now to, to get we, these players' minds back in the game. The bye week could not have come at a better time for this team coming off that performance. Uh, to give them time to not only forget about that loss and how bad they got whooped, but to make some corrections. They have a lot of corrections to make um, for the performance, especially on the defensive side. Um, also, just going back to Jameis' performance, uh, he looked good. By all means, he was not perfect. He did miss a couple throws out there, so the rust was there. I, I will just say that's rust. I'm not going to make no excuses for him because he. I, I already know as soon as it happened, I saw on Twitter, look, Jameis still can't hit Deshaun. I'm like, look, man, <laughs> it happens. It's rust. But he, he need to hit him. Like, he, he need to yeah. get his passes off. And his passes were a little high, too, as well. Like, uh, Fitz overthrew, overthrew OJ. Couple times, like how you overthrow OJ Howard? Well, at least when Jameis throw it high, at least they can still catch it. <laughs> yeah, Dirk Cutter touched on it in his press conference today. Um, he said that that throw to Deshaun Jackson going to the sideline, Jameis hits Deshaun Jackson 99 out of 100 times. Yesterday was that one time that he doesn't hit him. Um, like you said, he looked pretty good. He went 16 of 20. He had that touchdown to Cam Brate in in the fourth quarter he was getting back in the groove of real-time nfl games he had been practicing like he was still with the team the three weeks that he was out so he had kind of a flow but you're not in the real nfl game flow until you're actually in the game so when he got in the game he had to adjust very very fastly and not only that he's getting back into the game we're down so they know we're gonna have to pass the ball to try and put up some points and you're going against the top defense in the league. So you 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 have a tall you have Mount Everest to climb coming into this game. So it was just a bad situation. I hated that he had to be put in that situation um to start this season out with. And it it I don't know, man. I don't know if it was just like dang, so my boy coming off his three game suspension, this is the situation. We gotta throw him into the fire like this. I just didn't like it. I didn't like how I rubbed off. You could tell by the body language. Like, even when he got in the game, you know, Jameis is always fired up, and you could see him smiling. Competitive. Very competitive. competitive. You didn't see that. Nah. Nah, you didn't You didn't see that. It, it was kind of like he went into the game like, dang, I got to go into this game. after they not set me up for this. It, it was kind of like. I was watching him in the first half. I was watching him on the sideline in the first half after Fitz would come back on the sideline. And Jameis was very much into the game, but it looked like he wasn't very happy to be on the sideline. He had a feeling kind of that he was going to be thrown into the game when the game was out of reach. And it was made official that first drive of the second half. Uh, Speaking on that, also, Dirk Cutter confirmed today that Jameis Winston will start in Atlanta week six when we take on the Falcons. So that's what all of the fans pretty much expected was going to happen. 
Um, Fitzpatrick said that he's a little disappointed because he of the competitor As he, he is, should be. But he, he's happy for Jameis because he knows Jameis is the franchise and he's only got like half a year left as a player anyway. So he's he's happy for Jameis to get back out on the field. And he's there now to mentor Jameis and, and walk him through the rest of the games. So And Dirk Cutter also touched on that. He said Ryan Fitzpatrick was brought in to be a mentor and step in if in case there was an injury or something that happened like the first three games this year. So he he knows his role. He knows exactly what's going on. As for Jameis, Jameis is pumped. Jameis is ready to get back in there and lead us. I just hope that he can lead us to victory. The defensive performance that we saw in Chicago was very disappointing, but it's not something that we haven't seen before. It's gone on a lot as a Bucks fan. We've seen plenty of defensive performances like this that. This is an annual thing, Corey. Every year, every, every a single game year, that we get beat so bad, the game is over at halftime. It happens every, every single year. year. We can expect it every year. Then one of my friends, he texts me, "Oh, <laughs> yep, there's the Buccaneer team I know. Same old Bucks." Like I don't want to get that text. I don't want to hear that from nobody. I don't want to hear the same old Bucks. Fix it. That's all. That's all we're ever going to hear if the defense stays like that. Dirk also touched on it today. He said that. Um, he said it yesterday and today. He said that everybody that was on the field should have been fired, including himself. He said Mike Smith's not going anywhere. Well, a bunch of fans would tend to disagree with Dirk Cutter's decision on that. I think you and I both could disagree that. Mike Smith should not be staying here as a defensive coordinator. But who knows? We've seen flashes of his defense before. The six games two years ago, we saw what they can do when they're on the same page. Who knows if it's actually him or if it's the communication between the players. I think it's 50-50 both. So we're going to have to ride it out and see exactly what happens the rest of the year with this defense. I just don't want to see another team score 48 points on us. It makes us look like a big-time disappointment. Makes us as fans disappointed, embarrassed. Big time. So that's that's not what I want to see from our defense. And and shout-out to, to Greg Allman on Twitter. If you're not following him, please follow him um, on Twitter because he always put out great information and, and stats on, on the Buccaneers. One of his tweets was, this season, we've allowed 30-plus points in three out of the four games. Three out of four games. That means in three out of four games, our offense has to put up 30-plus points for us to have a chance to win the game. And that's the defense allowing 30-plus points. Hold on. I'm I'm, going to go to another, another stat that he put up. Cause this this was this was bad. Oh oh boy, I'm oh, yeah. ready to hear this one. Oh yeah, this was bad. This is this is gonna be interesting. This is probably about our our yardage per game tweet. That may be what this one's coming up. We'll see what you got to say. Yeah, that that's exactly the tweet. I'm pulling up 400 plus yards. We have the most. We've allowed the most yards in the NFL during this span of 400 and plus yards to opponents. I'm, I'm, I'm ciphering through through the tweets right now. I'm trying to get that correct information. I believe, I believe that is in Mike Smith's era that we have done that. We've given up the most 400 yards in the NFL games. So, And I believe majority of oh. them have gone to divisional opponents. Yep, let me, let, me, let me stop you right there. I got the tweet. So in 36 games, 
as the Bucks defensive coordinator. His defense, because you are the defensive coordinator, has given up 400 plus yards 19 times. Most in that Yikes. in that time span in the NFL. We are four and fifteen in those games. Oh boy. He has given up 30 plus points 13 times. Second only to the San Francisco 49ers. And in those games, we are one and twelve. Oh my. That oh no, no. Is, it gets worse. Not a good stat. It gets worse. The Bucks defense through four games have allowed the most points in team history, 139 points this year. And it's the most in the NFL this year. Yeah, that's that's really bad. That only is, only that five is NFL teams us. have given up more points in their first four games. And that includes the Lions team that went 0-16. It's a miracle that we have gone two and two in these four games, giving up that much points. Yeah, it's game. definitely a miracle that we are two and two in this situation with the the stats that you just brought up. I I said it. I can't believe that Mike Smith still has a job after what the defense has done in his tenure in Tampa Bay. Um, there's a lot that's gone wrong. There's little that has gone right. We just need the defense to communicate. The thing that I have a problem with with his defense is we're always too far off the receiver, and that gives them their cushion. Okay, we can get a first down every time because this cornerback or this safety is not playing up on me, so I can just go across the middle and they won't be able to get me, so I can just get a first down. That's pretty much what the Bears did to us yesterday too. Bears are like, oh, there's not a there's not a DB 15 yards within my vicinity. All right, let me run a wheel route. Let me run across the middle i'm wide open i can beat them in a foot race and that's mm-hmm. exactly what they did they beat us in the foot race yep they they did they came to play they competed and and they beat us down so beat I'm, us beat us down big time I'm, I'm over i'm over the defense performance um i'm confident that these next two weeks they will get themselves together and come out against atlanta and play a better game. I'm a little nervous because Atlanta is starting to pick up their offensive production, especially that rookie wide receiver. Calvin Ridley. Calvin yeah, Ridley. Yeah, they have, they have the top um, yardage receiver in Julio Jones and the top touchdown receiver in Calvin Ridley. So that's something to look out for. The Bucks have Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans on the list for yardage as number six and seven. And they're tied for fourth with touchdowns with three each. So those two offenses are are great when it comes to passing the defense is exactly what i'm worried about like you said right we have two weeks to get right the players don't come back until next monday Mm -hmm. so they need to get their minds right they need to think about what they need to do to get better they talked about it yesterday after the game a bunch of them said this is not us this is not Tampa bay buccaneer football well we can question that because we've seen a bunch of games like this so uh we can question what the players had to say but jpp said in his nine years in the nfl he's never had a game like this (laughs) And he promises it'll never happen again. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing JPP uh, live up. I'm looking forward to JPP living up to that promise. He's been, like we said earlier, he's been the one that has been consistent throughout the first four games. We need the rest of them to play like JPP with the mindset that JPP has in order to be successful. So this bye week right now came in a very good time for our defensive guys. And on another note, O.J. Howard has a sprained MCL. He is out 
two to four weeks. The bye week comes at a good time for him as he can heal up on that torn or the sprained MCL. My my apologies on that one. And we'll see where where it goes after this bye week to see if he's getting back into running and, and whatnot. And hopefully he gets back soon. Uh, speedy recovery to OJ Howard. Yeah, hopefully he does get back soon. He's a big part of the offense um, for this season. So I, I hope he has a speedy recovery and that he can play in the Atlanta game. Uh, hopefully we don't rush him back either because you don't want to have him re-injure um, that knee. One more guy we need to touch on that made his season debut, Rojo, Ronald Jones. I saw good and bad for Ronald Jones. Against the Chicago Bears. The bad. He dropped a pass. Can we get some stick em on this boy gloves? <laughs> just just throw a little bit of stick stick on there. <laughs> that possibly could have been a touchdown. We had the blockers short. out front. That blockers. could have been a touchdown. All he had to do was make one or two moves, which we know he can do. He can make some moves. But you got to catch the ball first, son. Yeah, you that was that was right in first. front of me. So I saw that I saw that firsthand right in front of me. I was like, oh, there goes Rojo out out on the flat to run out and get the ball, and oh, it goes right through right? his hands to the ground. And like, I'm like, oh man, this was your chance to show that you can do something in your first game, first. and you drop it. Don't and run then before you catch it, son. He uh, he was our leading it. rusher yesterday, actually. Yes, ten carries, twenty nine yards. I won't say it's because he had a good running game. I'll say it's because we took Peyton Barber out of his element running. We always seem to do it. We take Peyton Barber away when he's getting hot in the run game. He had that one rush of 12 yards, and then we stopped going to him. I'm like, that was half this, is his why, rushing yards. This, this is why we have uh, the worst running offense in the NFL, because we go away from it so fast. Well, we had and, to this game. You know why? Because we were down 21-3. to so <laughs> I I understand that. Yeah, we've so, the, the last two games we've been down big, so we've had to go to the passing game. But I mean, you, you saw you situation. saw that we went to you saw that we continued to run the ball in the fourth quarter cuz Dirk Cutter was probably like this game is out of hand. Let's not risk anything. Let's run Ronald Jones to see exactly what he can give exactly. us. Exactly. That that was that's what I was noticing from the second half play calling too. Let's see what we can get out of production from Ronald Jones. Let's get see Give him a chance against this defense, how he'll do. I thought he had a couple runs that fell short where I thought he could burst through on those and uh, yeah. get more yards. He than definitely he did. did. He he was uh he was not reading the zones correctly. He he wouldn't follow the blockers, he tried to bend off and it would result in a short game. Um, Dirk Cutter said it in his press conference too that he could have had so many more rushing yards had he stayed with the blockers in front of him instead of bouncing off and getting tackled in the backfield. Yeah, I thought so too when I was watching it on the on the broadcast. So hopefully he gets better um, because I, I I I like his speed, I like his elusiveness. So hopefully he can get better at that aspect on the field. We can see that second round pick shine. Because we need some kind of spark in the running game. Because Peyton Barber, they get away from him too early. They don't allow him to 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 warm up and to heat up as as a runner. So hopefully, some gotta give. We gotta start running the football at some point if we're gonna if we're gonna win games. 
Yeah, we've touched on it plenty of times. You need the balance in order to win games. You can't just go to being a pass-hungry offense. You need pass and run, so you need to do that. And I hope that we don't fall into any more deficits. We don't fall into any more deficits, and that way our running game can actually get going the rest of the year. Exactly. So so we're going to leave this game in the past. Uh, I, I really don't want to discuss the game no more after this podcast. Other than that, because there's, there's nothing else to talk about with this game. Uh, Mike Smith is not getting fired, which we were all calling for it to happen. Dirk Carter, wanted, I guess he wanted to stay consistent. That's his boy. I understand that. But at some point, like he really needs to be held accountable. Like they should have a meeting, and that meeting should not be a pretty meeting in regards to what happened on the field. Like that, yeah, that something has to be done. Like that cannot happen no more <laughs> this season. I need to see if they're lighting us up like that in the first quarter. I need to see a first or second quarter adjustment on stopping plays like that, stopping the wheel route. Can can you play some deep cover too and drop everybody back? I don't care if you give up the whole underneath stuff. Underneath I, I is okay. Don't give up the deep balls. Don't give on up the, the deep routes. ball, man. Like you gave up way too many deep balls. Too many, and that put us in the predicament that we were in. You touched on Mike Smith and Dirk Cutter's relationship. Dirk Cutter said that it's not about relationships. This is business. This is his career. So if it's your career, Dirk, then do what you think is best for you. But you may end up hurting yourself in the end. So just do do what you think is best for you, and hopefully it, it works out in the end for you. Looking forward to the bye week so everybody can recover and recuperate and get back to business next week against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. As for that, um, make sure you go and follow us on Twitter at ATB Podcast underscore. Follow All Things Bucks on Twitter at All Things TB Bucks. That's all I have for this show. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.